Jewish Money Matters episode 357, Destroying the Hamas Cryptocurrency Funding Network with Betzalel Eitan Raviv. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters, the podcast where Jewish wisdom and spirituality meet your money and your business. Money is a means to serve God in this world with joy, to build a life that leaves an imprint way beyond our time in this world. I want you to discover the secrets to Jewish wealth to gain practical and spiritual tools to break free from the shackles of financial worry, to design the joyful, rich life that your soul desires. Welcome to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, and I'm so glad you're here. We need your help. I said, what do you need? I said, we have a few wallets that we suspect are of Hamas, and they found ways to get donations in the tens of millions of dollars from people, and we kind of have to block them. We have to block it. These wallets are associated with Hamas, and they have a lot of, basically, the the pretense was donation to Gaza, right? Mm -hmm. The back end is terror organization. You just heard Betzalel Eitan Raviv, CEO of Lionsgate Network, talking about his collaboration with Israel's Ministry of defense and his pivotal role in the ministry's freeze of millions of dollars in crypto wallets connected to Hamas. You're listening to Jewish Money Matters. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. The minute I read the headlines, I knew I had to have Betzal on the show. Crypto, blockchain technology, counterterrorism, that is the topic of today's episode. How did Betzal enter the blockchain technology space? An unusual pivot in his life, which led him to his greatest moment yet, helping fight this war by being able to identify the crypto wallets of Hamas terrorists totaling in over $90 million, now frozen and further funding to be blocked. The real story behind these wallets and those who may have been unknowingly funding the terrorist attack of October 7th. Betzal has a message of caution for the entire Jewish community regarding anti-Semitism and crypto. And if you've been subject to fraud, losing money you thought was safe in your crypto wallet, well, Betzal and his team at Lionsgate Network are here to help. Here's Betzal Eitan Raviv. Salo, Ethan, Ravi, welcome to Jewish Money Matters. It is so fun to have you on the show. I've been looking for this interview for a while. Of course, I was initially drawn to you from the recent headlines about your current company, Lionsgate Network, playing a pivotal role in freezing $90 million in crypto wallets connected to Hamas. And as I went following that lead, that trail, I realized that we have so much to talk about. Music, entrepreneur, technology, financial technology, counterterrorism, now. You're quite the entrepreneur, quite the renaissance man. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Yale. Pleasure to be here. Very excited. And before we get to the latest headlines, I want you to maybe take us back a little bit, uh, because I understand that the world of music, the music business was actually your foray into the world of money, of financial technology, namely the blockchain. How did the music business you into the world of blockchain technology? Well, we say that blo- the music industry is the most cutthroat business in the world. Uh, finance is next to it, below it. So I've actually chosen music from heart. Little did I know that I'll figure out that the business model, the financial side of the music industry is so problematic, leaving the artist with barely 5% of the income with their assets. So once I realized that, and it took me many years to do that because I fell in love with, and I did music with love, you don't, you really ignore the what 
wife that time. And then I realized that in a bit of a problem because I've never committed my life to, you know, to working without, you know, the, the financial side was always very strong with me as a, as a child, the youngest of 12. So I've always, you know, wanted more and I want to get, you know, further in life than what I was given. So you, you didn't want to buy into the starving artist uh, narrative, did you? Well, in the tea is very alluring. In the third, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't live in that parterre, one bed apartment with a view to a garbage can. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> For long. <laughs> exactly. I mean, 10 years was like, I mean, I felt that I uh, paid my due, but check did not come in the mail. And therefore, I was like, okay, I have to move away. I actually was born to do because I did music coming I mean, ever since I was, you know, 10 years old. I was in a choir, a religious choir, Flowers, Jerusalem. So I was really drawn to how music can improve the world and create value for people that is immediate. So it, all, it was all about utility, right? In music, the utility is phenomenal. That's why a lot of big companies are drawn to music or to collaborate with artists because without without music, there is no brand really to a lot of a lot of the great, you know, companies in the world. So 30, I and I realized that I'm going to have to shift and it's going to be a very painful pivot. And it has been. It was like, you know, dying and back to life again, realizing that I'm going to, this time around, I'm going to much money as possible because I've always didn't care. When I was offered to perform for free, I was like, let's do it. Is there a stage? Is there a spotlight? Let's do it. Audience, let's do it. Even for one person, I remember. So... Big mindset shift though, Batal. It's like you, like literally, you, like you said, you have to like be re- born again in that sense in terms of mindset yeah everything like i said it, it's reincarnation really because you have to surrender everything you love building and come back again okay. uh and i've come back again and i didn't re- i didn't realize who i was because as i was to a different song uh, it was all about i knew that the, the the biggest pain i had as a musician was that i couldn't make a living of what i love the most so moving away from that was like wow this is going to be this is going to be stepping in to the woods, right? Fine. And I started basically raising funds for cultural institutes, entertainment and sport. And basically, at that point, I'm like... The goal is to go as strong as possible and to be that capitalist, right? Everything opposite to what I know. And it's very painful in the beginning. And then you kind of, you know, mentor yourself into a new reality. And that was, again, uh, a whole different experience than everything I I ever thought I'll I'll be in. And I've been quite successful at it, to be honest, because I've given my heart there as well. I've put my heart into making as much possible, generating as many numbers after the one to be able to reach to the age of 40 and COVID, you know, twisted the world different. And I was like, okay, I loved it because as a child of a very big family, my dream, I remember myself saying, I wish the world will pause. And when the world paused and paused like dramatically, I was like, dreams do always come true. You just have to wait. And at 40, I was like, okay, I'm not sure what to do anymore. I have to rephrase everything that I know. And the choice was to, I had a a conversation that I remember with a stranger at the beach. She's now a friend. And we talked and she said to me a sentence that blew my mind and she doesn't know me. And she said, figure out a way to combine what you know from music and what you know from finance and give it a new 
name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's fake. Because and- hold on a second. So at this point, you've been fundraising, right? You've been in the world of fundraising. You left the world of music behind, but you're fundraising for artists and, you know, this type of sector of society. So there's still that attachment. So now you get this idea that I could combine both. Okay, so what happens next? I remember uh, storming out from a meeting with one exec uh, at, at Amazon. Mm-hmm. Meeting to fundraise for a company. And I sit there in their house and I'm like, I can't be here anymore. My face, like, I, I felt like, you know, I can't be here anymore. I'm not I'm not serving myself right. Because uh, I started shifting. My body started shifting in different ways. And so I'm not in the same area anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like uh, two months after that pivotal uh, encounter. And at that point, I am i don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Music and finance, okay, I get it. But it takes me a while. So, so wait, let me ask you before we get to now what happens. Next. At that point, you're, are you a salaried employee or you're, you're, an, you're an entrepreneur in the fundraising business? You're on your own. Right, yeah. Okay, so it, it wasn't that itch, like, I don't want to be under someone. It's just still, whatever I'm doing is still not 100% me. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I don't know, like, where I'm going from here, but I'm going to take a break. Okay. I'm going to meditate on something new because I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, and it's perfect timing because the world is, you know, completely refraining itself, right? And and then I remember, okay, I said, okay, NFTs was at that point, like, you know, a repeated word. Yes. It's important to say that before that, I was invited to invest in Bitcoin. Okay. That was 2017, way before COVID. Okay. I was invited by someone who basically launched the Bitcoin embassy mm-hmm. in it's not really an embassy. He just called it like that. I said, do you need a passport? He said, no. I said, I'm in. And then, and then he was like the perfect dude to be able to explain to me what Bitcoin is all about. He was like the perfect about the philosophy of Bitcoin, how monitor, monetary money is no longer in good service uh, for humankind. And I'm like, this guy talking to me and I'm the perfect guy to hear it. And he doesn't know me much at that point. And um, at that point, you get tricked with this, by the way. What do you mean? You're also the perfect guy at that point in your life to get tricked with this and get scammed. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Okay, good. Uh, by heart, I will examine every angle of everything that it posed me because that's what I do. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, and obviously, this guy is like, he doesn't care about anything. He just wants to be able to share love through knowledge. Okay. I immediately get that. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to learn about Bitcoin as much as possible at this point. And you not yet. Okay. And I'm learning so many incredible things about this mythology that people refer to as Bitcoin. And for me, it's again, it's perfect timing because I'm looking for a better meaning, knowing that you don't need a lot of meaning when you're in your 20s. But as you reach 40, you need a strong sense of meaning. Otherwise, I mean, it's very difficult to prolong that thing called life. You need something to sustain with. And okay, wonderful. 2017, I have three years to learn everything I can about block knowledge. And then NFTs are back to present of that story. There is obviously a conversation about NFTs, 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 and art. I'm looking at the art, like there's nothing behind it. We're talking about doodles that are valued at hundreds of millions of dollars. And I said, oh my God, what if we can use, because NFTs are smart contract based on smart con- on blockchain technology. What if we could use a very, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an historical option for us to eradicate bad uh, players from the music industry, the one that I I left the music business because the model was flawed, but the model was designed by human that basically hold 
strong the artists down and their assets down. So in that sense, I was like, oh my God, this is this could be something incredible. And at that point, my life changed because mm-hmm. I decided to devote myself completely uh, to onboarding the idea that introducing music copyrights to smart contracts can change the world of music. Because the world of music at that point, I know for a fact, because I got the bill from Spotify, yeah. who laid off almost 20% of its manpower just two days ago, which is very upsetting. But their model, like any other company, it's not like them specific. They're not the pharaoh. Everyone are the pharaohs and artists are in Egypt. I don't know it's, if it's 400 years, but definitely, definitely since people got started get, getting paid for streams. So... So that, that has become like a very strong mission, a very sen- sensible mission for me to, to promote. And so you start becoming the expert because you realize there's something here. You can help artists by structuring this differently using blockchain chain technology. Maybe even before we get into that, maybe define a little bit for, for listeners, just because these terms, NFTs, blockchain, they're so, they go over our heads. There's it, like, it's so hard to put our, our finger on it because like you said it's these doodles and they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars and they exist where right it's very hard for people to understand and and now in your world it's com- completely commonsensical but maybe give a little bit of background to the listener what right. exactly is the blockchain technology and what is an nft and how do i now bring that into music contract right so blockchain technology is basically allowing you to manage any assets without the ability to temper with value Mm-hmm. And this is very different than, than what's happening today. So if we speak about the most primary asset, money, if you are the president of the World Bank, who, by the way, is very obsessed with crypto, mm-hmm. he just said in, Fran- in Frankfurt student con- conference like a few days ago that her son lost most of his investments to crypto. Yeah. So I said there is a familiar familiarity to a concept. It's very dangerous mm-hmm. when you are the president of the World Bank. So we are completely agnostic about how many people Yes, there's a lot of bad actors with blockchain, using blockchain technology. But primary asset uh, in the world today is money. Can we agree on that? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Registered with banks and federal reserves, etc. And they can decide that in the world today, they are, let's say, trillion, uh, a single trillion dollar, just for for the sense of the example. They can issue tomorrow another trillion, which means that immediately the dollar you had in your pocket is valued uh, less, right? Mm -hmm. With blockchain, once you issue something, thing it's presented in a very transparent way and therefore that what that's one of the things that makes this technology when you use it for money and asset management superior to anything we know because it's not attached to a person it's basically a log that is always trans- transparent to everyone's watch every transaction you make with blockchain or on blockchain is recorded and cannot be tampered on a later date and that's what makes it incredible when you speak about money because money has been greatly eroded over the years we call it inflation it's a great name to say that money i mean the the, the gallon of milk i used to buy as a kid from you know the nearby supermarket of of Itzik. I used to pay him I don't know two shekels for a gallon of milk. Now I have to go with eight shekels, having the same milk that is produced from the same cow, drinking the same, eating the same grass. So we're talking about thing that is too transparent and. We can throw the word in the air. Monetary money is being scammed by the people that's supposed to reserve it. Right. Now, that's a big, I know it's a very big statement and it will give a lot of people the cringe. Yes. (laughs) 
we see that, I see you, but we want to wake up to what's happening because if this conversation is going to be about what we already know, then there's nothing new in it. News is all about not repeating or reciting. It's about pushing the envelope towards truth. Right. Now, right? So for me... You, you see a potential in this technology, right? Now you understand that there's a transparency, There's there could be these assets that are not... You can't change them through with volume. There could be unique. Now I want to make... Now I want to get into the world of music. I bet let's see a solution for the music problem, and I be, I I start working on this. So what happens next? So basically, with technology of blockchain, you can record the copyrights on smart contract. Right. And if you do that, you don't need the ASCAPs, the BMIs, the publishers, the lawyers, the management, the label, everyone that suck you off of your rights, draining you from the possibility to want to continue on making music, me as an example, because you cannot pay the rent unless you reach 50 million streams with Spotify, because that would be the number to pay $6,000 for a household living on a monthly basis, right? So so I've basically built a company, I founded a company, a startup for the first time in my life, and the name was Hallelujah. <laughs> and funnily, funnily enough, that name was given to me by then that stranger from the beach, yeah. who's my friend now, my good friend Seagal. Uh -huh. And basically, I go all in and I bring into the table the Israeli ASCAP CEO who's just resigned. And he joined me as a co-founder to be able to build a platform that introduces music copyrights to smart contracts. Our idea then was where we can generate a new dollar from a new field. From a new what? From a new field, because going now to radio station and combating with giants like Spotify and Deezer is not an option, mm -hmm. right? So with NFTs, what also started uh, to rise was metaverses. Metaverses, just like NFTs and blockchain and crypto, will give cringe to some people. So metaverses are a virtual landscape, like a game, right? Anyone play the game every now and then. It could be a surrounding that basically gives you office-like vibes. But just for the sake of it, let's call the metaverse, as we understand it, Fortnite. A known game almost in almost every household. <laughs> Fortnite is a metaverse. People interact there. They have an avatar who has their own unit, right? Their own attire. You know, everything around that image is basically the alter ego of the player, right? The metaverse is another, it's a world. It's another, right? Okay. It's a dominion. You can play there. You can sing there. You can interact there. You can kill people and revive them. You can do whatever you want. So the idea was let's generate the first dollar because that is the that, that is always the question. If you can generate the first dollar, your entrepreneurship is on a track, right? You validate it. Yeah. Right. Don't look for the million dollars. Then you're screwed. Go for the one single dollar. We all know how it looks like. You get there, you're good. And we wanted to generate the first dollar from within the metaverse, allowing artists to unramp their copyright so they can be legally used in metaverses that are completely commercial because it's not about plugging your music in your ears to yourself, right? It, you hear the music and you basically stream it in your area. In your metaverse world. So basically, if we were together in the metaverse, I play you the next uh, Tina Turner remix. Mm -hmm. And if someone will cross by, will come by, they will also hear it. So this specific copyright is the most complex one in the in the world outside the metaverse. Mm -hmm. 
who's paid for it? You paid for it, not me, right? The avatar for it, meaning the user owns the avatar. They right. buy wearables, they buy the shirt in the metaverse, they buy their radio, their, their boombox, they buy their shoes. So they're already spending a lot of money in metaverse. They're buying we- all the Tina Turner remix stuff. The, the remix and all the stuff. Yeah, they, they buy the, the, the right to play music in the metaverse. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mind-blowing. I just said a sentence that brings me back why this project will win because I have not abandoned it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the idea with this is that you can start as you have uh, wearables in metaverses, in games surrounding that are virtual, you also ha- now will have your audible, meaning your specific playlist that will represent your identity in virtual space, okay. which is phenomenal for anyone who likes music and who, li- who doesn't. Right. The big pain in metaverses were that they cannot play music that they want that they wanted that is the biggest pain in metaverses because you're not allowed to play music because you playing music in surroundings that are public you need a very complex copyright and they can't get they cannot get it okay. so we've basically designed a way to get the necessary copyrights to metaverses where we generate the first dollar from a dominion that music is not is impenetrable can't really enter to, to that space and the design of that specific method is what hallelujah is all about okay what has life changed we changed with it uh metaverses started to decrease and there was incredible uh fall with nfts going from 45 billion market valuation to less than five and something did not feel right at at some point i was like we have to be very good friends with time and Mm. play and if we're not three dots yeah so i said i love this project and i'm sure i will i will get it to where it needs to be i know what it means from artist perspective from publisher perspective for someone who really gave 100% to understanding the music industry but the time was now right something something shifted one of the things that shifted for me is that my father decided to check out permanently what does that mean he passed. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's in a good space. Yes. So he exited and I was like, okay, first of all, I need my 30 days off. Yeah. It was it was phenomenal for me in the sense of I, I never knew how I will react. You know, like you don't know how to prepare to something. You don't know how to feel to. And I was like, okay, let, let me, let me chill for a sec here because I was like all in mm-hmm. and I paused. I said to everyone in the team, because at this point it's a startup, a working startup up with people being paid said do what you need to do but i'm going to take 30 days off and let me let me see what i'm going to come up with because i knew this is going to change my life mm-hmm. i wasn't sure how but i felt like okay this is this is very big there's a lot of you know human beings come with you know preordained sets of emotions and if they're lucky they'll go through all of them losing a parent is a big one and i i felt like okay there's something something gonna happen and and he obviously passed 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 away like beautifully it was in Tisha B'Av. It was, it was really like everything. Like it felt amazing. I saw him hours before. And I was like, okay, I can't, I can't, you know, be ungrateful about this. Because really, if you are to check out, this is a, a wonderful way to do it. And I really looked at the, 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 the brighter side here. And as the month really ended, I was like, okay, I have to be very honest with myself. And I don't see where I'm making that first dollar from with Hallelujah. Oh, you had, you had to start making money for the artist, for yourself no. even? No. But you had taken capital from invest from investors? Is that how you were no, I refused 
I made uh, investors' life very, uh, very uh, upsetting because I said to them, I'll meet with you. I'm not raising money. And it was everyone was at FOMO to invest with crypto and NFTs. And I said, I'm not investing from a piece of paper because I know what it has one who raised money for others. You can do it really from a piece of paper if you know how to distribute knowledge. Uh, and I said, no, I don't feel conf- confident to raise money at this point. I'll, I'll do it when we raise, when the company, the model will suffice, will be by itself. So how are, you, how are you sustaining your employees on your team? Capital. Personal capital? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't take external capital. You were just on your own dime funding this operation. Now your father passes away. You realize this is not making money yet. There's a pivot in the industry anyway. And there's a personal pivot in my life. It's time to rethink this. Yes. If you are brutally honest with yourself, you become authentic. And uh-huh. authentic is a very expensive feeling. <laughs> It's very expensive. You can be rich, but if you're not authentic, you're doesn't you, you can't feel it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everyone that made money, that gone from not having money to make money, understand that authenticity is at the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. So, 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 okay. So now you're in it. You have your team. How do you do? You come up with this idea of of helping people. Rec- you know what you started doing later on, rec- help, helping people recover their lost crypto. Um, now or when, when does that happen and how do you communicate that to your team so basically I'm introduced while I'm investing in it 100% of my time with Hallelujah I'm being offered to invest in a, a funds recovery program uh-huh. uh, I've been taken to an appointment I see the person I ask him what is your tech he said none what do you do okay administration work of returning people funds I said I'm not interested with that thank you so much for your time all the best I'm out because I wanted to invest with, with something else while I'm with Hallelujah I wanted to invest in basically in another and and, and and that did not go as I'm you know coming back to myself and my senses this meeting comes back to me and I said to myself I can do this much better because I have blockchain understand I have capital understand I have I have capital understanding with finance and I'm like meant to do this and it's right here this is what I'm thinking so I'm on steroids right after the passing of my father to go into another venture and I sell it to my brother, who is a very, is very communist in the sense of, yeah, like, it's not like up to anything. It's like, does he also have the entrepreneurial bug in him? Yes, of course. And he's a very successful one, but he's very solid. And I'm not very solid in the sense of, I take on the, right, I take on a challenge. I'm interested with the challenge more than the money making. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, he cares about what left from the PNL. Right, and and how soon do we get to it? <laughs> right. So for me, I, like I need I need an incredible challenge to wake up in the morning. Otherwise, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. It needs to be fantastic. Otherwise, it's not for me. Uh-huh. And this was fantastic because I knew the problem. One of the reasons that blockchain and, and, and NFTs and crypto have such a bad negative name is because a lot of bad actors joined the party. Yes. The philosophy is is heaven but utopia it's financial utopia <laughs> right but unfortunately there were two apples and too many snakes in that garden mm-hmm. yeah and they really disrupt the the or 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 twisted the real story here it's like a good religion with a lot of people with interest mm-hmm. 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 yeah we've all heard the nightmare stories of people losing i mean i i had i had a client who lost who put all her retirement savings into a crypto wallet first of all i was like how could you do you don't put all your money in a crypto wallet but of course she thought it was completely 
it safe. Her husband told her to do it. He did it with his money. So she put all her money. And one day they woke up and the wallet had broken into whatever it was. And bye-bye, gone is the money. So we've all heard the nightmare stories. Now you find a way to help people who go through those nightmares. Right. First of all, forward her and him to me. I will. I will. My husband just told me that before. He's like, you better send them to Batel. I'm like, I will. <laughs> right. Because we are very much to solve these cases. And I will explain why. Really, I don't know where to begin even, uh, but I'll try. The problem with bad actors manipulating and utilizing blockchain to damage financial of other people is a huge problem. And here's the number. I'll give you a number. And it's only from the reported case worldwide because every country basically put a lot of, you know, uh, curtains, many curtains on the numbers because it's it's kind of, you know, no one is proud to say that they're not protecting their citizens. But 53.4 billion dollars a year are being burned out from fiat to crypto through embezzlements. And through the R&D process, which took me about three months and many white <laughs> A lot of white hair. Three months? Did you sleep? <laughs> wow. Let me tell you. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't have to sleep, but white hair is terrible. i tell you. So, with so many, like, I mean, the information that, you know, surf uh, surfaced is that this is, first of all, a huge problem. We've detected that it's a bigger problem in Western countries where their citizens are quite gullible. From Australia, Canada to the United States, through Germany, France in the Nordic Gulf uh, tree. Mm -hmm. And the victims are really innocent people that would like to find a way to retire better in most cases. So we've scraped from cases we've analyzed 1,000 approximately just to understand how many, you know, how many format or scenarios we're going to solve. So all in all, it came down to 12 different cases that we are able to solve. And there is a 13th one which we can talk about later it's different because it's more it's terror related which is relevant to the latest case but what we've noticed is like in the beginning i was clueless about how big the problem is i mean i knew it's big but i, I, I didn't have numbers and so as we started we we're basically campaigning to attract people in right mm -hmm. to be able to share with us and you're, you've already developed a way to solve a lot of these cases but you yes everything was in theory in the beginning uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All in theory. It was said, I said, look, we're going to have, first of all, we need to know where the funds are at. This is our approach so strong with this. Where the funds are at on blockchain, because they can go from one wallet to another. They can right. go from one blockchain to another. There's different types of oh, blockchain. Yes, 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 you're right. Okay, okay. So you're playing, you start getting into the play, playing detective, which is what you do today. Right now, the thing is that as a child, I used to, you know, I always needed money to, you know, to get what I needed. And I, I couldn't always get it, but I knew how to work around to get what I need, right? Uh, with my parents, with my brothers, and and everything was like very tight, you know? Big family, everything is very tight. So for me, it was like, you know, I was like going reminiscing to a point where I really needed what I needed. I needed back to me, you know? I was like understanding the value of money and how it can either destroy you if you don't have it or build you once you have it. But I was walking around the world as a kid needing a lot 
money which I didn't have. Yeah. Right now, why do I mention this? Because I always play that with self, remembering the value of what I do. I always go. I always tap to feelings that were, you know, very overwhelming me as a child. There is a lot of juice there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm able to speak about it freely because I often ask myself why I do what I do. Yeah. Why it matters to me so much. And for me, it's always something in the past. Uh, there is a sense of nostalgia to what I do now that is relevant to past time. So that motivates me a lot through hard uh, times. So, yeah, no, I, I could see I could see how. I could see how having those hard experiences and even the, what you told us at the beginning of us, this rebirth and having this new money mindset and all the things and how it's connected to then coming to a place where I could use my, I could, through my company, I could help people recover funds that they worked their entire life sometimes for and they've suddenly disappeared. I mean, that's, that's a huge tragedy, right? So you start working and you develop these types of cases and I will talk about the third one in a second and you have a, a secret sauce to how to do this investigation. Tell us a little bit about that. How do you even develop that secret sauce, Betalo? Because again, you're a musician, you're an artist. Do you bring people who are engineers, technicians, you know, blockchain experts? I mean, you are a blockchain expert, but where does it come? How, how do you develop that? Was it was it on you? Who, who do you bring into the fort? First of all, if you if you understand your audience, then mm-hmm. you can start composing the, the, the show, right? So R&D was completely to understand who's the audience, okay. why there's so many Australians, why so many Americans. Got it. So- okay. okay, so the first step is, let me understand the audience, their pain point, their profile, and now right. I can hold We're it. Okay. It's all about the music, mm-hmm. right? Yes. The audience, who do we serve? Mm-hmm. What are they going to clap to? What do they need to here to be able to develop uh, a space where they can share with us something so troubling. Because if they're not transparent, we don't have a case. If they're not coming forward, we don't have a case. We need them to be coming to our show in order to enjoy them. So this is a lot of people say, you know, the egg and the chicken. I said to a lot of people that said that to me, where's the the eggs and the chickens are? Like they say, what comes first, the chicken or the egg? And I say, if you in the middle of the Hannah house, you don't have to ask that question. Mm-hmm. If you're there, you don't need to ask that question. So R&D gave us then me the, the fortitude to go through what is unknown. Okay. And then I basically, you know, in the beginning, it's just myself, you know, understanding, okay, this is the product. This is what we're going to do. I need people. I need people to analyze blockchain. I need people to be able to uh, make stupid reports. I need people to be able to cross-reference from anonymous crypto I mean, address of a crypto wallet to an identity tricky so i need someone brilliant here who can because give me the whole point is the anonymity well not if you understand blockchain further than what you read at the time not, not if you're lions gate people <laughs> so you would think a lot of people still believe that if you transact money in crypto first of all they think it's non-recoverable not true and they think that you even you can use a cold wallet or a smart contract track not so smart to disguise yours and we say incredible that you think that now we need to work so blockchain analysis is the first step we've always said that where the funds are at so if you took your bitcoin and you sent it to someone who bought potatoes with it where are these pot- 
potatoes are. Are they digested in something else? Most probably if someone ate them. We need to trace the whole exactly. funnel, whole everything. Funnel. And then we have the map of where the funds are at, mm -hmm. right? And then cross-referencing to entity, okay? Mm -hmm. This is critical and not so easy to achieve. And the last part is fraud AML, which is basically the sanctions if needed or the connections or the conversation with the wallets or the exchanges to freeze, seize, or release the fund back to the client. So this is the 360. So, so it's very complex. You start doing it for private individuals who are in this pickle. And the Israeli Minister, Ministry of Defense contacts you. They reach out to you um, looking for help, trying to find and freeze assets uh, linked to terror. Or how does that happen? So 40 hours before October 7th, I am onboarding a plane to Switzerland with my nephew who's in the army. So he, he, has, he has like a few days leave and where we said we want to, you know, hike the Alps and I needed some time off and he could join and we said, let's do it. And we arrive and everything is regular, you know, it's a, it's a Thursday and then, you know, Friday and then we wake up on Saturday and his phone is buzzing like crazy. And I'm like, come on, it's 7am. I tell and, him. And we're on vacation. Yeah. What are you doing? And he, he knows how sensitive I am to buzzing sound. I'm not okay. And he's like, you don't know what happened. And I said, tell me what happened. And he's like, this is what happened. And he showed me. I'm like, okay. So everything changes. I understand that. Instantly, I understand that everything has changed. Okay. Obviously, we want to come back to Israel as soon as possible. We can't do anything about it. We have to wait five more days to be able to come back to Israel. And basically what happened is that on the third day of the war, around the 10th, I'm getting a phone call from a friend of mine who worked with me with Hallelujah. Hila. And Hila's roar is telling me, listen, I know you're doing Lionsgate. And she was basically taking care of the all the portal of hostages with Microsoft Israel, uh, which was uh, partially managed by uh, Itai Rosenblatt. And she's saying, I'm with Itai here. And everything is very crazy here. I know you're not in Israel and we need your help. I said, what do you need? I said, we have a few wallets that we suspect are of Hamas. And they found ways to get donations in the tens of millions of dollars from people and we kind of have to block them. We have to block it. These wallets are associated with Hamas right. and they have a lot of basically the, the pretense was donation to Gaza, right? Mm -hmm. The back end is terror organization. Okay, so so people are donating Gaza thinking they're donating to a humanitarian cause, right. but, but the, the, the Israelis have identified that the money is directly going to Hamas. Not identified. It's expect. Okay, and they call you. Mm-hmm reason I'd fight that's the part remember the second part yes that's the, so the Ministry of Defense saying to the founder of Lionsgate Network we need the second part to be able to get uh, the court to accept the seizing order by Gallant because there is a seizing order to block these wallets but court will not accept unless the proof is presented wow wow and I'm like okay I've come to the job I'm ready for this yeah. when I realize oh. what's happening <laughs> my moment <laughs> this is my moment leave me alone now everyone Everyone go. <laughs> That's hallelujah, right? I don't know if it's safe to say hallelujah yet, but we say it's regardless, right? Because we are people of faith. So I'm like, okay, okay, let's let's do this. So I'm calling the team and I'm saying, stop everything you're doing. We have a very big fish to fry, okay? And they get it, and incredibly enough, they supply. Okay, what 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 does it mean to supply in what we do? It means that I said to to them to the to Eli and Ty, send me one single wallet. Let's see what we can do with it. My team.
team comes back, we have obviously a protocol to everything that we do. We don't have to get, dig into each and every case. They don't care whose wallet this is. It's another wallet. It's emotionless to them. For me and the people I'm in touch with, it's the world. For them, it's a wallet. And I love the fact that they don't care about whose wallet it is. Did they know the mission? Did they, did they, they understand? They, I've been very transparent with them because I trust them completely. And normally it takes us an hour to complete a report. I'm sharing with you a secret. You can you can peep it. <laughs> normally it takes us an hour to complete a report, an analysis, a preliminary analysis on a wallet, which gives information about where it's about and who with. Okay. They come back to me in four minutes. And I said to them, we have a new policy. They say, why? What is the policy? I said, four minutes to complete a report. Yeah, <laughs> we said a new standard that's it <laughs> it's like that running you know that when you broke we're, la- we're laughing about <laughs> i'm not sure they were keen yeah <laughs> we're like okay we have a new policy <laughs> okay we have a policy. four minutes policy to complete a report yeah so we send the report to the to the team in israel and they're like oh my god thank you and, and just to be clear for listeners this report says who is the owner of the wallet what does it say the eyes and the name and the instagram and the tiktok and the facebook and the linkedin of the person behind the scheme oh. OMG in four minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You send it to them. And what happens next? To them, they send it to the Ministry of Defense because I'm not in direct contact with the Ministry of Defense. They love the result of the Ministry of Defense, but I did not know. The only thing I knew is that they're shooting at us tens of different wallet addresses. And we basically go 18 hours a day to comply with every wallet that is being sent. Obviously, there's no contract between us. There's We do it uh, pro bono. We want to win this. Yes, yes, yes. You're fighting the war. Mm-hmm. I always said that I'm so happy not to do the Miluim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so grateful because I was with 8200 intelligent and I don't know if I can go back into like a facility because it, it, it looks hideous. I mean, it doesn't look good. I mean, they do important things, right? But it's not cosmetic. And I said to myself, right, I'm, I'm, I'm joking about the matter. It's very serious. But for me, I said, if I could do it from home, I'd love to help. And th- that also, that dream also came true just need time when time is by your side or anything and time was by our side right right that i mean time space is infinite mm-hmm. infinite reality mm-hmm. there's nothing outside time and space and okay so this intense and then like on the fourth day uh itai sends me a link and i opened the link and the link says hamas wallets millions of dollars been seized by israel and it doesn't say anything and i'm like you so basically the operation that was the only certificate to what we've done because like I said, we never got gotten a feedback as it wasn't peer to peer. There was a middleman. Okay, two people in the middle to convey the connection. And and that that specific phone call from her really gave a purpose to a vision because my vision at the very beginning was to be the antidote to all the negative bad actors within that system. Yeah. So for me it was as I as I received the news about possibly joining this campaign, for me it was an absolute yes. Yeah. It was a question. It was like I actually was waiting for this for a while. Right. Obviously circumstances were horrible, but it gave more purpose to an already existing sense of purpose. So we kind of realized that a lot of money that could have gone to killing more people that are innocent and of us was prevented from them. So the thrill is uh, beyond 
and uh, explaining. It's incredible. And it's a tremendous amount of money, right? We're talking about over $90 million, correct? That they were able to freeze. Right. So basically, there are different reports. And there's two things that are relevant when you check in wallet. This is yeah. a side to this. How much money had gone in and out from these wallets? Yeah. Because this is not only about freezing. This is not about, this. it's not a suitcase that you freeze with cash. Right. It's basically the bank accounts. And the bank accounts, the bank accounts are basically the utility to move further funds. So the potential is not only about the money that you actually block and seize the, and now the ownership of the Ministry of Treasury. It's also about the other option to move more money that never never joined the amount seized. Yes, have them join, exactly. Because now there's no way for that money to right. get blocking from SWIFT. It's right. not the pain is not only with the money that you prevented, mm-hmm. the bigger scale here. Since they noticed us and it has become public, it wasn't public from my end, of course. It has been been public by Israel. Right. But the then only then we could come out and you know and, and share further information. But the moment they realized they basically stopped uh, re- receiving uh, crypto donations. Now, as I told you, we're not only about what is. We're also we're, we care so much because we are from the music industry. What's happening behind the scenes? It's more important than what's happening on stage and in front of audience. And behind. Tell, tell the audience this is very important what's happening behind the scenes is that a lot of a lot of the money that they received as donation came from people that are citizens of European countries and Americans and Australians. So basically, our friends in other countries funded the actual war against us. And the behind the scene, which you can't see through fiat transactions, and you can't see through crypto transactions, as we finalized seizing this capital, I was very much interested and I shared it with the team and I said, I would like to know where that money came from? Are there celebrities that we know that donated to that campaign? We want to say that if we go with honesty and truth, accountability is for both parties. And when you shed the light, you don't tell it where to go. And we figured out that, you know, actual people, some of them are innocent because they believed the propaganda or, or the story. Meaning they don't, they didn't believe they were directly giving to a terrorist organization, but they still believe they were giving to Hamas. They just believe that Hamas is just a humanitarian <clears throat> cause. Ah, okay. So they're giving directly to Hamas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Some of them, in some campaigns, it was Gaza now. So it doesn't say Hamas on the billboard. It shows you basically like a humanitarian aid organization. But obviously we realize that the picture is bigger. Do you want to go another layer? Yes, please. This is incredible. Another layer. So remember we analyzed 12 different scenarios? Yes. And we've been able to combat and win in 12 different scenarios. In some of the scenarios, money is being manipulated out of users in different pretenses. For instance, we call it in the company a romantic scam. Romantic scam is that you will meet someone online or someone will meet someone online. We say it's a tired joke at this point, swiping right to the wrong person. We've seen that in some of the scams that are of those Westerns, right, the money goes to organizations related to jihad. 
So I said it before, not, not today, but I've said it before that what we see in the world today, when you go through the news, who's fighting who, there is an incredible, astonishing mirroring of that through crypto. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's visible if you analyze blockchain well enough. So there was a very ironic moment between myself and I when I saw that there is a protest on the shores of Sydney, Australia. Okay. And I saw, I saw people, Australian, you know, Australians, not Palestinian, Austra- Australian, are, you know, waving Hamas slash Palestine flags. And from the river to the sea. And, right. Chanting the chant. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Huh? I don't know. Right. Billboard number one. And, and I said, this is super ironic. Thank you, God, for that ironic uh, moment. Mm-hmm. It could be that few people from the hundreds that were protesting against Israel were financially terrorized in the weeks before by the same groups they advocate for. Yes, going back to what you were telling us about this, the common scam, pick Mr. Right and swipe, what was it? Pick wrong right, what was it? Swiping right to the wrong person. Wrong person, uh-huh, uh-huh. So basically, the romantic scam is only a pretense, right? Because they yeah. hire people that know how to, you know, give a show. Mm-hmm. And basically, we don't care about the what's happening on stage. We care about what's happening in the back. Yeah. And in the back, basically, that money was funneled to few wallets that we inspect on a daily basis all the time. They have a strong association with jihad. Do we see the irony? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now they're targeting Jews. Mm-hmm. Only recently, since the past two weeks, we are receiving uh, tens uh, on a weekly basis of cases that are related to the Jewish community basically people saying that they've gone through a scam they don't know who the person behind but it's in various cases some of it the big butchering scam romantic scam some of it is in an investment with a, a token uh, uh, some of it it's a fake trading platform with the option to make profit uh, three different uh, uh, scenarios where the funds are being funneled in the same direction so we have strong su- suspicion that the community worldwide is being targeted we're talking about average of two hundred and fifty three hundred thousand dollars per case right insane it's insane so what does that mean for us when you what does that mean for the jewish community first of all a shout out to everyone in the jewish community i wish i could press that button and save myself from reciting this but uh the jewish community need to really stay hyper alert right now with any investment ideas and it could be by an incredible website or incredible team of people you can fake all that Mm-hmm. Right. So if there's anything that is coming right now, remember that anti-Semitism from blockchain aspect is by taking your money through crypto investment. And if you can't say that it's by crypto.com or an official, if you don't understand it and you don't know what you're doing, you're probably in the wrong alley. Uh, better off not doing it. Yes, because now specifically there is a time now where everything seems to be targeting specific people in the community because say that that was a rule regardless you know regardless of what's going on now in terms of individuals and crypto and the use of blockchain technology if you don't understand it you don't know what you're doing what you just said better stay away from it wouldn't that be a rule no matter what yes but unfortunately we are creatures that do not always follow the rules we want to be on the borderlines because we want the excitement we want the thrill thrill of winning the potential 
Exactly. We want to be able to send someone $400,000 in the blink of an eye, hope it will gain us $2 million because they said so. What you're saying is, but today the stakes are higher. It's not just money. It's real lives. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, money, money being the prime, primarily asset. It can give you life and it can give you. Right, right. And it's fire. And, 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 and yeah, I mean... We need, we need much more education on how not to fall for a promise that there's nothing behind it. I suspect that that might be the education arm of Lionsgate. Yeah, I think education is key here because a lot of people, I mean, some of them do not know, but some of them do not want to know. And that's tougher because if you don't want to know, then uh, how can you win that, right? I mean, people want to believe false. Some people want to believe false. Uh, they. Let me ask you a personal question now that you've seen the really hands on the really dark side of blockchain technology and players that could be playing really really on a very dark side there hands on are you still optimistic and excited as you were in 2017 let's say 2019 2020 or is that emotion being tempered what's your feeling now i'm still speaking directly with clients today mm -hmm. and i get incredible thrill to be able to solve a case help them yeah and uh and and there is a lot of engagement and it can be very emotional but you know we're straightforward business i think uh it's enough that one person will have you know the sets of emotion for us we need the data to solve the case i'm more optimistic than ever because I think that nowadays, with everything that happened in Israel, we are more transparent on the fact that the battlefield is not about anything but light versus darkness, right? right? right. And people chose their side, so it's kind of easy now. And I think it encouraged me to be able to put my face with this company because I would not dare, I would not dare do it with this project. I was frightened because this is uh, going head to, head to head with people that are are very problematic. When I spoken with one of the PR uh, agent I consulted with, he said, "Without your face, there is no story." And I said, "Why do you have to say that?" He said, "Because I, you pay me." So I said, <laughs> "I said you're fired." <laughs> I no longer pay you because it was for me like outside my own box because these people, uh, as we, we are familiar with their operation, they can't stand us. You know, we have the flashlight, we have the spotlight, and that's the thing they fear the most because they are of darkness. They're not afraid of anything. They can kill people uh, as they do when they financially bankrupt other people. This is not about survival. This is about what they believe in us to be very thrilled, right? We understand that uh, we have that discernment and that's why we win because we get what they do we get what they're kicking to so that's why we're very different from other companies other companies do it for the sake of oh let's solve our case it's not about this you're dealing with human beings whether they're bad actors or victims i, I want what I, what i really want to see now that now that we've seen the dark side and like and, and and the light meaning the light of being able to find the these actors right i want to see how are we going to be using this technology to bring Moshiach already how are we like use it to bring the ultimate light and get rid of everything i'm sure there's a way 
I'm sure that's happening. I mean, it's already happening. You're doing it. You're doing it. But we're doing this. But you know what? Uh, uh, they say, you know, uh, a Mashiach can only come when the purpose is so high. Yeah. Right? So so, so this is like the chicken and the egg again, right? Uh, Mashiach is, is uh, for me, uh, in, in, in my house in Tiberias, uh, the, the closest synagogue was of Chabad. So I loved going there and they had the best kugel. <laughs> I adore till today. So for me, especially with the cinnamon, I just wait for Musaf to end already because you could smell it, but you can't touch it. You know, it's like, what, why are you driving me crazy? So very excruciating. So Mashiach is a mechanism and it's inherent in every one of us. I was just thinking about it a few days ago. Uh, we, we can evoke Mashiach within us uh, if we, you know, pause to 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 get there. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a place, you know, if someone will come through the gates of Jerusalem with a donkey in a white costume, I would be like, no, you didn't. I will ask for his crypto wallet to see <laughs> the, the real background of transparency. <laughs> because that's how we identify people. We don't we yeah. don't know anything at this point. We don't know anything at this point. But Tal Eitan Rabbi, thank you so much. This has been so enlightening. I have to say that I always wanted to have an interview regarding crypto and Bitcoin and the blockchain and so on and so forth. And I never knew that Hashem was waiting for this to be the interview where we can actually tackle it in such an important context. What you've done to help the Jewish nation in this war and what you build. I know there's more to come. Keep us posted. Did. Can't wait to keep following and seeing what more good comes out of Lionsgate. Thank you. I really appreciate this conversation. Thanks to Batal Raviv for stopping by. To find out more about how Lionsgate Network can help you recover lost funds, head over to lionsgate.network. And you can follow Batsal on Instagram at Batsal Raviv or on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to the Apple Podcast Review and Rating section to leave your review and rating. This is the best way you can help the show. And hey, I won't mind if you also share the show on your Instagram stories and you tag me. I'll be sure to give you a shout out as well. I hope you're doing well and that you had a happy Hanukkah. I definitely did. And I also had an awesome Shabbat full of guests. That always makes me super happy. And if you've kept up with me on my newsletter, which I hope you have, you know that I've been doing everything I can to help with the emotional exhaustion and to crank up the joy around here. I hope you're also doing the same and you're being gentle with yourself. Please, God, I will come back this Friday and take your questions. So be sure to send those in. You know where to find me. Have a great week.